0: Craft Beer Radio, episode 108, March 22nd,
1: 2008. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show dedicated to craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Jeff Bear. I'm Greg Weiss. This week we'll be doing some India Pale Ale. Wow, you don't see those
0: very often. <laughs> no, no, they're a rare find. They're harder to find than Berliner Weiss. Absolutely. Well, cool. Well, let's just get started. Everyone knows what IPAs are. All right, we have with us now uh, a visitor who's never seen an IPA before. This would be Allison. Allison Bear. she got the hiccups. You can probably hiccups. hear
1: her right now. Um, We've got some people she used to babysit for just called and so they're coming over. There's the one that jump in the shower. So she gave me babysitting duties.
0: All right, well, I'll, Welcome I'll, to do the, Radio, Allie. I'll do the beer pouring then. So we're going to start with St. Arnold's Elisa IPA, which is brewed and bottled by a St. Arnold Brewing Company in Houston, Texas. And everyone knows what IPAs are. They are, well, the India Pale Ale, which began, of course, from the whole... India expedition from England very hoppy beers although not as happy as double IPA is the American invention and this one pours well it pours a nice uh, hmm how would you call that tan maybe about a uh, a 14 or so on that color scale I'd say it's 10 it's a 10 it was hard to tell from far yeah. away
1: it's a, a bit orange in the color. Very clear.
0: That's at least a 12. That's at least a 12. Well, maybe a 11.
1: This one smells... Uh, so I'm getting, like, um, some of the cat pee-type hops on it. <laughs> no, that's not a bad thing. It's, it's some of the hops, like uh, Amarillo or um, Warrior, maybe. It's a little more higher in the... Um, Alpha acids? Well, certain kinds of alpha acids. Um, it's not really cohumulin. I'm trying to blank on exactly what the um, those ones are high in. But it has a more um, uh, ammonia type, uh, just a hint of ammonia in the aroma. It's, again, it's mild. It's not overpowering like something like the Leconnor
0: IPA used to be like.
1: Getting that smell at all?
0: It's it's hard to distinguish. There's, there's a, this this smells malt heavy. There's a lot of malt here too.
1: Wow, there's a ton of hop flavor in this beer. Hide mm. it in the nose, but it, it there's a ton, of hop flavor in this beer.
0: It's pretty bitter too. Um, yeah, it hits you. Oh my god, wow! <laughs> at the end there, there's that cat pee. It,
1: uh, oh man, how do you? There's
0: a little bit of grapefruit in there.
1: It's like in the mid mid late taste there. It turns a bit citrusy. It's on the sour side. Hmm. Actually, it's a lot more grapefruity than a lot of times I say grapefruit. There's more sourness to it than and acidity than I find in a lot of times I use the grapefruit, you know, descriptor.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I remember having uh, some grapefruity IPA a couple weeks ago, and this doesn't taste grapefruit like that. I mean, that was like you were drinking grapefruit juice, okay. but this has some of that tartness that's associated with the grapefruit. It hits you up front at first with a little bit of malt and hops, a, a good bit of hops, but there, there's some malt back into here, and then at the end you get that uh, that warrior, whatever that is, that Simcoe mm-hmm. uh, blast, which is the one we call cat pee. Because if you, if you smell cat pee, it's there's lots of nasty smells in there, but there's also a smell that smells kind of yeah.
1: similar. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing like real cat pee. Uh, it's like horse blanket, right? I mean, we've had riders saying, have you ever ridden a horse? Have you ever smelled a real horse blanket? <laughs> uh, I don't know offhand what a real horse blanket smells like, but I could imagine that it's nothing you'd want to drink. <laughs> and uh, and you know, cat pee's the same way. You really wouldn't want to drink cat pee. But there's certain aromas in there that you get out of these um, very aggressive hops.
0: I mean, it's all organic chemicals ultimately right so it wouldn't surprise you that some of those same organic chemicals mm-hmm. would show up in different places this is named Elisa IPA from St. Arnold Brewing and has on the front of it looks like a bishop holding a beer maybe St. Arnold maybe St. Arnold good point I'm quick there's a there's a boat in the background and it's following a star I don't know what else to say about this big red label yeah, unfortunately, we I
1: uh, don't have much time to uh, to prep the show this week. So you're gonna
0: get you're gonna get what you get. It's it's very bitter. It's hitting me at the end with that bitterness and that uh, that Simcoe, and it's like it's making me wonder whether I like it or not. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> that. And I think that's that's a good – I mean it's not a sign that says this beer is like awesome, I love it right away, amazing. But it, it's a good sign that I'm not throwing it out. I'm not saying this is disgusting. I'm just – I'm trying to figure it out. And I like beers that mm-hmm. make you try hard. Right.
1: Well, I think this is a good time to bring up what we keep forgetting to bring up and we've been talking about. And that is um, we don't want to guilt you like National Public Radio does. But mm-hmm. if we have to, we will. We just kind of want to mention that we do have a donate link on the side of our site. Where if you appreciate Craft Beer Radio, it would be really cool and it would be helpful for Greg, especially with the price of money. or pri- <laughs> The price of money. The well, dollars for- are going down. But the price of gas would definitely be helpful to be able to pay Greg to get up here every week. And uh, if we could
0: get some donations, that would be awesome. Beer, you- also buying. Yep. Uh, equipment. I don't want it to sound like it's, it's ho- solely for me because it's not. Uh, It's for everything that that helps us put Graphy Radio together, allows us to distribute it to you. Absolutely. Put it on the web, that sort of thing.
1: So we have um, the PayPal links. You can donate a one-time donation, or you can do a recurring donation of um, $2 a month or $12 a year or anything higher. We don't give you $1 a month because PayPal takes too big of a cut, and we only get like 40 cents. So that's kind of silly. What I'm going to do, though, is if you subscribe to the $2 a month We'll give you. We'll have to work out the details, but if you want to get the anniversary DVD, you'll get it at a discounted rate if you're if you're two dollars a month member for a year. Um, So if you subscribe at the two dollars a month rate, you will get a discount on the Crafty Radio DVD. A significant discount. Significant discount. Yes, we have to work out exactly what that'll be, but uh, yeah, you can go to craftyradio.com and the bottom left are the donate links. And my goal is just to kind of bring it to your attention. You're going to hear me talk about it a little more often. We're not going to get preachy about it. But if we mention it...
0: Donate, please!
1: I, my, my idea is if we mention it, people will realize it's there, and maybe more people will be happy yeah. to use it. So. Maybe
0: if Allison cries, it will help.
1: Yeah. Feed my... My baby needs clean diapers. <laughs> <laughs> it's very cute to have Allison here while we're drinking beer. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? It almost makes me look like a really bad parent. <laughs> be quiet, you. I'm drinking my beer. <laughs>
0: Well, she's just having a, a grand old time, just looking around the studio. Yep, Fascinated, first,
1: first time she's seen the studio actually. So, I really like the St. Arnold's beer.
0: It's uh, there's it, a
1: nice. I haven't, we actually we talked just about the hops, but there's a nice malt backbone mm-hmm. in there, a bit of caramel flavor. Um, yeah, it's growing on me.
0: It, it's and, almost, as soon as that that uh, that that Simcoe flavor kind of lessens in my palate, mm-hmm. I, the rest I, of it is really good. I'm not thinking
1: it's Simcoe because I'm not getting any kind of vapor I think it's more like Amarillo or something like that. Okay. Um, but the malt, now tell me if I'm off base here, but doesn't it taste like it might be a little bit of Vienna or Munich or something in there instead of Crystal?
0: I was thinking Crystal all the way. Okay. So I am not sure if I agree with you there.
1: Vienna or Munich are, you know something German loggers would use mm-hmm. or old beers or something like that. And they have more of a bready, crusty, like a bread crust type flavor as opposed to where crystal malt would be more of a, a sweet um, caramel type flavor. And
0: this tastes more caramel to me. me. Okay. While we're down south, we're going to go over to Louisiana. Louisiana and, of course, Abita in Louisiana with the uh, Giacoma IPA. They're in Abita Springs, Louisiana. They so. uh they
1: got hit by the hurricane a bit, but they were able to recover. I think they just lost all the beers they had in production you know when the hurricane hit. Um, there's other smaller breweries that have hit a lot worse. And I know, I know one of them is actually contract brewing at a
0: brewery in Michigan having their beers made there. This is six point five percent alcohol by volume. No problem with alcohol in Louisiana. They love it there. <laughs> you can actually have an open container while you drive. Wow.
1: Mm-hmm. I did not know that. So do you know what a Giacomo is? No idea. There's a there's the, fella here with a big headdress. There's something on the back about it? The aroma on this is is great. It's it's a bit of juicy fruit and other sweet, you know, citrus fruit flavors. Yeah. Juicy
0: fruit, get that? Yeah, I do. Okay, apparently Giacomo uh has to do with Mardi Gras Indians. That uh, they wear elaborate handcrafted suits of beads and feathers, and they sing a song, eco, Eco Giacomo Fenane. <laughs> I guess. So it was a Mardi Gras thing. Mardi Gras thing, yeah. Mardi Gras. Okay. Well, Louisiana. I've been to Mardi Gras before, and it's a blast. Yeah, I remember that year you went down there. Yeah, the aroma. I think Remember, just remember from... when I got a king cake sent to me by my sister? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> the baby inside? Yeah. Very inviting aroma. Very yeah. that sweet, citrusy, juicy hop. Um almost like um those orange slice candies. You get some fla- aroma kind of matches the flavor of those things. Like the ones that you get the like sugar like in, covered gummy orange slices. The ones that are
0: like sixty nine cents at the gas station. Yeah, yeah. Right.
1: Drier flavor than you'd expect. Yes. But still
0: a lot of hops. Hop flavor is probably not as potent as the St. Arnold's. The no, flavor. not nearly, because it it, it, uh, it doesn't have that whatever amarillo kick at the end. Because it's it's, it's clearly not using those hops. Mm-hmm. It's probably using something um, centennial or something along those lines. It does seem to finish does seem to finish drier
1: at the end with um, a lingering bitterness. That the, the it seemed like the St. Arnold had a kick at the end. But it didn't seem to linger as much. This one lingers
0: a little bit more with the bitterness. You're getting exactly the opposite reaction to me because I felt that, especially with that Simcoe, that really lingered on my tongue, just that flavor. Mm -hmm. And maybe not the bitterness itself, but the flavor that was weighing heavily on my tongue before I got used to it. This one, the flavor of the hop is not there, but maybe you're right. Maybe there is a bit of bitterness is lingering behind. Mm
1: -hmm. I don't think it's too much. I don't think it's... It's, it's not sticky, you know, it's not... Yeah, it's just an observation compared to the other beer. A lot drier overall. Where mm. The other one had a lot more malt to it. So this is more of a West Coast traditional IPA, where the St. Arnold would be more of a... It was definitely an American IPA, but it had more of an English in- influence to it. More more of that sweet malt flavor yeah. to
0: it. Yeah, It's this, this closer,
1: is- closer to the man candy.
0: <laughs> it's closer, but not quite there. Man candy... You'll know it when you taste it.
1: Okay, so Allison has left us. We've lost so our visitor. It's a two-person show again. Imagine when she's like, you know, three or four years old and can actually be fun on the pre and post shows.
0: <laughs> we could have her like read little things,
1: draw pictures, ask her about the big rip and things like that.
0: <laughs> or ask her about the beer. What do you? How do you think it tastes? I
1: think that's a fry way to get me in jail. <laughs> I feel feel strange not having any news or emails here to to read.
0: Well, we'll just have to wing it. Be ourselves. Mm -hmm. I'll be a contrarian blowhard. You be. (laughs) You just talk about beer all the time. All right. So, you know, these these two, these are somewhat interesting bottles, the St. Ardol and the Lisa. They're not the standard Kind of 12-ounce bottles that you see most breweries have They're, They're these a little squat bit bottles, shrunken The Sierra They're squat. Nevada ones Yeah, And I wonder why they chose that um, It might say Microbrew Might say craft beer I guess mm. there's something to that
1: Because you don't see any Regional or macro brewers using bottles like that this That's true So I, I think that the Sierra Nevada style bottle Kind of says craft beer I never really thought of it until you brought that
0: up though I mean, these these abita bottles actually have a beat up like etched on the glass. So well, you
1: know, there's also a bonus where if they're in six pack holders, you don't have to have the six pack as high to block the bottle. Right. So less light hitting them when they're on the shelves in the convenience store.
0: I suppose that could be something that's taken. So you into save on material,
1: so you don't need as much cardboard.
0: But I mean, you know, you save on material in terms of cardboard. But you know, these glasses are obviously specially made—the Abita ones because they have Abita mm-hmm. you know, screened on them. Yeah, it's embossed, embossed. So it's it's uh, you know, if they're saving any money on on cardboard, they're losing it manufacturing their own glass.
1: Well, you you probably only get your glass embossed when you have a really huge order, and the bottle company so kind of gives you as a value added. I mean, you I, get your
0: own mold, obviously. So.
1: Maybe it's an inlay on the bottle mold, though, you know? A little inlay you put in there that embosses the... Or debosses, I guess. Where's that embossed? It's embossed. Embossed, out. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm guessing that they placed a huge, huge order of bottles. And the bottle company says, Hey, that's a big enough order for us to give you some
0: embossing around the neck of the bottle. The other thing that's interesting about these, both of these that I didn't notice before, we used bottle openers, but they're screw taps.
1: Most of these squat ones are screw tops. Um... Sierra Nevada went this way until recently When they got that new special super duper Anti-oxygen permeating cap mm-hmm. um, Has something to do with the speed of the bottling line These bottles Run in a fa- I'm not saying they only run in a faster bottling line But like Sierra Nevada had a faster bottling line And, and they need to go screw top or something And then you know they changed it Because they want a better product But I think that's part of the
0: reason I see I'm um, very much enjoying this Abita. I think that it doesn't have some of the negatives that uh, the St. Arnold may have had. Even though the St. Mm. Arnold was was good, but the, this Abita is just really nice and drinkable and, and doesn't doesn't really need you don't need to figure it out at all. I like them both and you know I to, like be, them both to be to be honest, you know when I see
1: Abita bottles, I don't really I'm not gravitating towards them when I see them in the cooler. Um, I've had you know a couple of their had their Christmas beer Christmas beer most recently, and they've never really excited me. This is definitely the best Abita that I've had, and it's good enough to make me want to go back and try Turbo Dog again and the other Ibiza ales that are available in the market. So stay tuned, and I'll let you know what I think about the Ibiza ales that I've been avoiding. So our next, this one is the Big A. IPA from Smutty Nose Brewing Company in Portsmouth, New Hampshire.
0: Now, Smutty Nose we've had before. This one is an interesting... It's First of all, it's 22-hours bomber, and it has on the front a picture of an old-timey boxer who apparently, from what we can tell, is the guy who devised the recipe.
1: On the side it says, Stash, was, cause, <laughs> whiskey, the killer Kabasi created his bonafide India Pale Ale recipe exclusively for Smutty Nose Big Beer Series. And maybe this is... I mean, this is like, what did you say in that? It's 1930s. It, it looks sort of like, you know, it's
0: kind of got the fisticuffs sort of look to him. He has like wingtip shoes on. You know, uh, yeah, he has, that's true. He has wingtip shoes. Uh, he's very white. I'm wearing some black and underpants. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, wow. And he's got the, the hairdo that says, I'm from the 30s. Whoa, okay. There may be some cat pee in this one, too. Good pet cat pee? Good cat pee. All right. We love good cat pee. Because I'm getting some of that really strong... I'm getting double IPA. Yeah. I'm getting
1: that sweet, alcoholy, hoppy aroma. Or maybe it is a double. I think it is a double. I think it smells cool. like a double. So that's going to complement our next beer, because the next beer is a double as well. Let's to see this for a second. Well doesn't give you much info on the label. No, it the, doesn't. The Stan Killer Kabasi guy.
0: It is bottle conditioned in 2007, they say.
1: Yeah, it was, should be late in the year. I picked it up a couple weeks ago at Three Sons.
0: See, that's why you donate, so we can do that. Yes. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that in there. It's
1: a $9 bottle of beer we're drinking right now. So, the St. Arnold's has one of those clever little writing is underneath the cap.
0: Uh-huh. It says ale have another. Uh-huh. <laughs> I hate puns. I hate puns unless unless I do them and then they're hilarious. And uh, <laughs> it has a nice picture of Texas on it, so
1: definitely a double IPA. <laughs> It's this sweet. <laughs> oh my God! Wow! Hoppy. Wasn't expecting that. Dry. Puck of your mouth. The inside of your cheeks are just wrinkling right now. Uh huh. After,
0: after these two, this one is like, it's like a, a, I don't know. It's like a splash in the face of something. <laughs> it, it is. It's like a
1: splash of aftershave or something on your face. And if you lick your cheek right now,
0: I think you actually
1: get more hot flavor off of your
0: cheek. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Uh, a lot of I, I do think they're using some of those um, high. Co-humulin. If you lick the inside of your cheek, I'm not having. I'm not licking Greg's cheeks. No, you can give it a shot. I just <laughs> shaved, so it tastes like the aftershave. Mm. It's definitely using one of those high cohumula one of those high alpha hops, because it's got that deep. Um, I think this describes the flavor. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we might have to do a vidcast to actually carry that across. <laughs>
0: Jeff is kind of sticking his tongue out. It's, it's kind of a hand
1: it's hand. kind of a look Allison makes after you give her the
0: anti-gas medicine. Like sticking her tongue out and, and that's not to say that it's overly bitter, because in some ways I think maybe the St. Arnold was was more bitter or maybe the I don't know. It, it's it's tough to say. It's like, but it the, the hops here are very, very prominent mm-hmm. and really Really pushing hard. Hops are definitely almost, they're like
1: 90% of what you're tasting when you drink the beer here. It ends also... The alcohol is another 6%, and that last 4% is the malt, which is very hard to describe because it's such a diminutive part of the beer.
0: It ends on a pithy note a little bit. But still somewhat dry but your mouth is puckering from all those hops. And like you said, if you if you take your tongue and lick any other part of if your tongue stays at the bottom, you don't really get some hop at the end. But if you start licking any other part of your mouth, there's that hop residue right there, mm-hmm. strong.
1: Like the outside of my teeth. Yeah. You, know, you pull up in, you get more flavor. I've never really noticed that um, occurrence before. Moving your tongue around your mouth agitates the flavor.
0: You know what, there, there's, there's a conscious difference between, I think the Jocommi, was it Joacomi, Giacomo, Giacomo, and uh, the St Arnold and the big I, and, and the Big A. They're using a, a more earthy, more um, robust kind of hop, and the Giacomo is using kind of a lighter citrusy, more um, flowing sort of hot flavor.
1: Yeah, it's hard to say with the big A because at this quantity, you know, I've never seen an Imperial IPA with Fuggles hops, right? It'd be cool to see what happens, but I've never seen one. They're yeah. always with, you know, high alpha West Coast hops. Right. And I agree that this one does taste earthy, but I'm still hedging my bets that it's mostly Cascade, Centennial, something
0: like that. It just, it, it has, it's, it, it there is, I think you can draw a distinction between these th- these two sort of styles, where there is sort of the earthier IPA and there's the brighter one, and the Big A and St. Arnold fit into that earthy perspective. And
1: I think it might be the malt profile on the beers that are giving you that opinion because these two both have malt. This one had hardly any. The Giacomo hardly had any malt, but the St. Arnold's and the Smutty Nose. Smutty Nose is a double IPA, so it has to have enough malt there to bump it up. And this one was very malt heavy. So I think it's the malt that might be driving you, you know, your your delineation there.
0: You may have a very good point. Uh, as I am, as you're saying that, and I'm sort of whisking this around in my tongue, the malt becomes an ever more uh, less diminutive mm-hmm. part of the beer. And I think you have a very good point there, that the malt, heavy profile in these two beers or at least that the the more heavy malt profile gives them uh, a deeper earthiness and gives the the bitterness of the hops sort of more of an earthiness to grab onto. It's been a while since I've had Stone's Ruination IPA. I think this Big A is very similar. I think I agree with you. I think that um, the Stone Ruination comes in with the same kind of big big earthy bite, and I'm trying to figure out whether in my mind I re- maybe that is what's hurting me on a lot of the stuff
1: <laughs> that it reminds you of stone
0: <laughs> no no, no no Th- that may be what's hurting me on on stone beers necessarily and and beers of this type is that you know when I think malt, I usually think sugary sweet. And here the malt is contributing to this big earthy um, bitterness. Mm -hmm. And that may be just something that is not as pleasing to my tongue as sort of the sweetness and the bright hoppiness. Sure. It's Discovery Day on Craft Beer Radio.
1: So the uh, first three beers that we drank The pre-show beer which uh, We should mention this in the main show Because this was very enjoyable Yeah We did the Lazy Magnolia uh, Southern Pecan Original Pecan Nut br- Original Pecan
0: Nut Browning Pecan,
1: Pecan No, right? no I will get corrections if I say Pecan Why? Because in the south it's Pecan
0: But up here in the north James
1: Spencer pecan. from Basic Brewing Radio Will tell me it's Pecan <laughs> So I'm going to say Pecan <laughs> This beer was the beer that um, we interviewed now We
0: have a d- city called North Versailles <laughs>
1: <laughs> we do in Pittsburgh, so he can. Then I guess it should be, huh? Right. Um, interviewed the one of the Brewers or some, or actually the marketing guy for Lazy Magnolia at the Great American Beer Fest. You might remember hearing him in the the amalgamated feed of all that stuff. um And he was talking up this beer. I tried it at the Great American Beer Fest, and it's a subtle, diminutive beer. And I tried it after running to uh, the rock stars, you know. I probably went to Russian River or Lost Abbey or right. something like that. And then, I, you know, a couple hours later, I find Lazy Magnolia over in the corner and tried it. I'm like, oh, it tastes kind of like, eh. But uh, today, Greg and I both
0: really liked the
1: Lazy Magnolia Southern Pecan.
0: Really delicious. Uh, the first beer we had, and so our, our palates were completely clean and just waiting for something. And you really tasted that pecan in there. You really had that uh, that... Almost mm-hmm. burnt earthy. It's a good
1: brown ale. Nut. So if you're in the south and you can get Lazy Magnolia, Mississippi's only brewery, give it a try. They, you know, the guy talked it up and then I tasted it and I wasn't so sure. But no, good job. Good job with the Southern Pecan. Yeah, the uh, Lazy Magnolia and the Abita and the St. Arnold's, you might realize they're all from the south. It was sent by uh, a listener, Charlie, from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So thank you, Charlie. Yeah, we just got these the other day. I wanted to drink them, especially the Southern Pecan, while it was fresh. Because I'm sure this isn't a very sellable beer. So I wanted to get them on the show nice and quick.
0: This show has been a learning experience for me already. Oh, yeah? And it's making me want to try some of the beers that I may have dismissed in the past, like the Stone ones, like Ruination. Because when you made that distinction about the malt that kind of opened my eyes to, oh, maybe I was looking at these the wrong way. Okay. And maybe if I taste some of these other stuff with that that sort of new perspective of that's the malt contributing and it's not the kind of, it's not just this big hop burst that is drawing me off. Interesting. That maybe that will give me some more appreciation for it.
1: This kind of, you know, flows into something I was thinking about this week. I was uh, listening, editing the show, listening to our talk about Dingo last week. And oh, know, th- You know, where we were tasting weird things in beers because we didn't know the styles. And then I was also thinking back to when we were learning about beers. When I was learning about flavors of beers, I didn't like certain beers. Now I love certain, the same style of beer because I know what to look for. Yeah. And what you just said is is very fascinating because now you're going to look at double IPAs a different way and see if it fits into this new bucket that you just created. And if it does, you can get your head around it and it tastes good to you. Which is fascinating. I, I just yeah, it's, it's kind of exciting. It's,
0: it's uh, I, I'm excited about it. We it's did really... for
1: Greg, what Greg and I tried to do for all of you. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. It
0: only took 108 shows.
1: Okay, so the next beer is the Double IPA as well. And this was
0: one that was sent in by um, Mike from San Diego, one of our favorite listeners. He sends us in all of the Lost Abbeys.
1: He sent us in yeah. He sent us in a hell of a care package. Lost Abbeys and. This one's from AleSmith.
0: Yeah. This is
1: the Yule Smith Holiday Ale, but it's a double IPA. So we're gonna not that not, tear into this. Not that there's now. any listener who is you
0: know not our favorite, but when <laughs> I mean, you get a box full of Lost <laughs> Abbey, yeah, <laughs> what are you gonna do? You know, Mike and Gary, they're they're uh, a plus in my book. Uh, absolutely. I did, We didn't mention this before. We are drinking these out of. Pint Break, glasses. Yeah, regular
1: pint glasses, mixer glasses. Probably a good glass for American IPA. Double IPAs might actually go into the snifter realm sometimes, but we're going to stick with these.
0: This is a big head-on, and it's much lighter than the other beers. It's more along the lines of, uh, what would you call this, maybe a 7 or an 8? 7 or 8, SRMs? yeah, 7 looks about right. It smells strong, this uh, Yule... Yule Smith. Yule Smith from Ale Smith. From Ale Smith. Full of Yuletide jeer and excitement.
1: So it's a Christmas beer. Yeah.
0: They call it a super hopped imperial double IPA. Really? Yes.
1: A super hopped imperial double IPA. So that's like an IPA to the imperial. Imperial
0: slash double IPA. So oh. it's not
1: Oh, they weren't putting they weren't raising it to were, another power. They
0: were calling it a quad IPA.
1: <laughs> IPA to the third or fourth. So in the aroma I'm 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 having trouble finding words. It's it's hoppy, it's a little bit sweet, but like the other one I came up with really good what I thought was great descriptors, but the, the one that smelled fruit. like juicy fruit. This one I'm having trouble putting words to with the aromas. It's just a hoppy beer.
0: Yeah, it's um hoppy but not like not grapefruit, more along the lines of hmm. There's
1: definitely a sugary um sweetness to it. I mean, the aroma is almost like what you would think if you like took a piece of rock candy or something like that. That kind of sugary sweetness, or maybe just table sugar, like uh, like a sugar
0: cube. Yeah, I, I don't know. It has a, a distinct hoppy part to it, so I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. It's not just like straight sweet. I mean, it's got some kind of fruity aroma to it. Is a spice with anything? I don't think so. (laughs) But it is a Christmas beer. Because that's different. I mean, the the very initial flavor I got there was almost like it was spiced with something.
1: Prepare yourself for an encounter of the hoppiest kind with Ewell Smith, Holiday Ale
0: 2007. Dare I say there may be a bit of man candy in this one especially at the front of the flight uh, of the taste there's it, it's it's not full on mm-hmm. but there's a bit of that that i want to capture in a bottle and keep forever
1: <laughs> see for me i need to save the the, the man candy for, for for man candy beers you right. know approaching man candy i as a phrase i really don't want to use too much right even though i kind of did
0: earlier in the show didn't i um Yeah, I'm a hypocrite. Uh, Maybe there's a limit. It's a limit of man candy. It approaches. Well, it's either you're you're man candy or you're not man candy. You know, there's no gray in man candy.
1: And to me, this one's not. I don't even. I don't even think it's really close. If it's a one,
0: this is. If it's a one to zero, then yeah, it's a zero. But if there's grades... It takes about a half a second, and then there's this flavor that is awesome and just perfect. And then it kind of fades into the rest of the beer. So it lasts about a half a second, but there's something in there that I want to bottle up and keep and and hug and and okay. call it George.
1: Yeah, I'm not getting that. And it's it's very similar to the. Um, it's easier to to contrast it from the Big A IPA from Smutty Nose than than really describe it. Well, the Big A is a lot drier at
0: the end. This Mm -hmm. one sticks around a lot more. It's... uh, Yul Smith. um,
1: Yeah. Yul Smith from Ailsmith.
0: Holiday Ale. But it has that heavy malt to give it that uh, deeper, earthier flavor. Hmm. I think that the deeper, earthier flavor does not help drinkability so much. Um, I think that the lighter stuff, like the Abita gives you more of the straight ahead drinkability you could drink a couple of these mm-hmm. whereas these other three have been more complex, more challenging to your taste buds. It's not quite drink a whole bunch of yeah, I mean
1: to be honest, tonight my my palate, my mood is just not suited to a double IPA. Uh both the Big A and the Yule Smith. Yeah, they're fine but I'm not able to get excited about them. I'm not sure if I'd be able to get excited about the best double IPA right now. Like, if I had plenty of the Elder, I'm not sure if I'd...
0: Or, um... Uh, Alpha King?
1: Well... <laughs> well... Well... Alpha King's not really a double IPA. Dreadnought's, I think, a double.
0: Well, alright, it's, uh... It's that time of the show. I do have one more double IPA if you want to. I do.
1: One. All right. Well, let me get the last double IPA. Okay. So, the recent addition to the lineup is the Balance Point Brewing Company's Dorado IPA, Dorado Double IPA. And Mike from San Diego sent us this beer as well. Now, you said the Big Eye IPA was our man candy beer? I think so. That was from Ballast Point. Okay. I'm to give that a little better rinse. You got a lot of foam in that glass. So let's make sure we get a good rinse here so
0: we know what's going on when we drink this beer. How do you describe these aromas? How do you put them into words? It's 108 episodes in and I still don't know exactly how to do it.
1: This one I'm getting a very subdued aroma. It's not very potent. And the aroma I am getting is um the harsh hops. It's the the cat pee. It's the the little bit of um alcohol I mean it, I think it's enhanced by the alcohol. It's double IPA, so I think that's making it feel a little bit harsher, a little more um solventy in the aroma. You and, like the, and as I was speaking, it filled up, and now I'm getting a lot fuller, and a lot more floral aroma.
0: Yeah, I mean, what I'm getting is is more on the floral side. It, it smells somewhat similar to the Yule Smith. There's mm-hmm. a boy. It's 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 so hard to describe that aroma because it feels it feels close to something you might find in the produce department, but not quite there. You know, you can't say orange, you can't say pineapple, you can't say grapefruit you can't say whatever you want to say pomegranate it's not quite one of those flavors Mm -hmm. but it's somewhere in the middle it's somewhere muddled there
1: it's a slightly cloudy gold it's about eight srms on the scale
0: we we should tell listeners where they can get an srm scale like this because when we just say eight that's that's kind of meaningless i mean we have this nice little Mm -hmm. srm scale it's a
1: standard scale this is actually the one off the taste your beer hop tasting kit um, you can go to tasteyourbeer.com and check it out. They sent us an evaluation copy. Uh, he's the guy that dressed up in the big goofy hop costume at the Great American Beer Fest, <laughs> and, uh, and he might be listening, so he'll get a kick out of that. I'm sure. I've emailed him about a couple different things. I I like the um the idea. The the price was a bit on the steep side, though. In my opinion,
0: I think Gates right on. Yeah, I do. It's uh, it's a really cool scale to use if you have it. With you, that the eight down. has kind of a, a big head. It's upside down. <laughs> yeah, I noticed. Oh I know that. the whole font's that way. I yeah, the the, the the font has higher. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: They use the silly font. Yeah, I cut a couple pages out of the TasteYourBeer dot com uh, tasting guidebook here because it's some interesting stuff. We use the SRM guide when we remember. It. Last couple weeks we've used it a lot. Um, here is the. Uh, the Meligard beer flavor wheel so we use something like this early on when we are looking for flavors to use this kind of just gives us a vocabulary so they talk things about um grainy malty warty caramel burnt phenolic fatty acids diacetyl uh rancid oily sulfury I'm just working my way around so a lot of them are going to be similar right yeasty stale uh, leathery moldy acidic sour salty did I say salty already um Mouth coating, metallic, astringent Powdery, carbonation Um, So it's kind of interesting And then there's an inside wheel That gives you some more stuff And then here's the Meal guard beer flavor table Resinous, nutty, green, grassy So under resinous you might have Sawdust, resin, cedar, pine, or spruce Nutty is sherry-like Walnut, coconut, beans, or almond Or grassy is like Fresh cut grass or straw So you know it's This stuff is most valuable when you're trying to figure out What vocabulary is applicable to beer tasting
0: There's a lot to go through And it's sometimes hard to wrap your head around Figuring out what all of these really mean It's really, I think
1: it's most useful To see like Oh, someone can actually use Caddy Oh look right here Caddy Which is under the oxidized, stale, musty, skunky beer category But you know, leathery have you ever thought about using leathery to taste a beer, or to describe a beer? I haven't used leathery, really. So, I mean, it, it kind of helps you expand your vocabulary of words to use. And I know exactly what leathery tastes like. You've eaten a lot of leather before? I, well, I, actually, i had done some leather working, and you had to wet it, and I think I actually licked it when I did that stuff, you know? and do um, mean, lick
0: anything. Do you have a feel what leathery tastes like? Um... I have a, a basic idea of what I think leather will taste like, but no, I've never actually okay. chomped We had this leather.
1: conversation about cardboard before, where you've never actually tasted cardboard. I've tasted cardboard. Even before the whole beer thing. I don't remember the situation, but I've tasted <laughs> wet cardboard. You really
0: will eat anything.
1: <laughs> I guess. Here, I'll give you some of this coaster. You know what cardboard tastes like?
0: <laughs> what happened to that wax? That wax you were pulling apart. Well, waxy
1: doesn't really... I don't know if I really had waxy flavor. Let's I've see. actually
0: had wax before. It pretty much was tasteless. You, have you ever had those? Because you know, because you have it on cake. You know, you have your cakes mm-hmm. that melt, and you and you don't really your candles melt on your cake. And well, Jeff is now tasting the wax. This is a new experience in craft beer radio. We're also going to talk about how the wax tastes in the post show. In the post show. <laughs> This is what we do when we don't have email. So email us. Give us something to do. Give us something to talk about. It's nice.
1: It has a <laughs> nice multi-backbone sweet yeah. all through. Some hops. The it, hops aren't off balance. They're nice and balanced.
0: It doesn't have the same multiness that the Big A and uh, the St. Arnold do where it was this, you know, the deeper stuff. It, it's I think there's a-, a
1: better multiness than the Big A. I think the Big A was more hop heavy.
0: This is more of um, you know, how do you, how do you describe that maltiness? Uh,
1: that do I do I make the call? <laughs> That's close. It's close. That's really close. It's not quite there. A little bitter. People who have been paying attention throughout the show, exactly what we're talking about. This beer is close. Very close. To the term that, which we do not want to overuse. Which makes sense as it is... Same as the big guy. Same yeah. brewery. Uh,
0: yeah, I'll let was, you know after a couple more sips. I yeah. might call this one. I, I think it's just a bit too bitter to call it. Otherwise, it may mm. have it. Um,
1: yeah, I think you're right. It's not quite fulfilling enough it's not if it were drier if it ended drier if it ended a little bit less bitter less bitter i want to say more sweet but i'm worried if i say more sweet it's going to get cloying. um yeah it it, it's on the precipice of of falling into that category there
0: there is an appreciable amount of that flavor i want to bottle up in there (laughs) let's put that in there it's, it's good stuff. This is good stuff. <laughs> I'm glad we opened this one
1: up. Bell's Point is in San Diego, San Diego California. Oh, shit. Hopheads rejoice. Dorado Double IPA takes hops to a new level. Mash Hopping, First wort Hopping, Kettle Hopping, <laughs> and Dry Hopping create an award-winning beer that embodies San Diego's reputation for making world-class IPAs. Our bottled Robust Series... Gives all beer lovers an opportunity to try our most rare beers, previously available only on draft and as select tap houses. You know, Sandy, mash go? hopping, kettle hopping, that means, um, oh, mash hopping is when they put, you know, when they're mashing the grains, they put the hops in there. First wort hopping is similar, but that's what they use for like a Pilsner or a Quell, where and we had this conversation at the one hop tour or malt trip or something where some people think it's a fallacy and other people think it's a real deal. Uh, like for Pilsner or Quell, they do first word hopping, they put hops in the kettle before the boil and they don't add aroma hops. But somehow the chemical reaction in the first wort hopping, uh, the sugars kind of protect the hops and it gives it aroma flavor at the end of the boil. Typically when you're doing brewing, if you add hops earlier than the last 15 minutes of, hop, of the boil, it boils off all the volatiles and you don't get any flavor or aroma. Or you, you don't get any aroma, you just get bitterness. But with first wort hops, you add hops before the wort becomes boil and somehow it gives you aroma at the end. So they first wart hop this thing. They hop it normally. That's the kettle hopping. And then when it was in the fermenter, they dry hopped it. <laughs> this is a beer they probably don't make anymore due to the hop shortage.
0: <laughs> right. Well, let me say this. It's been, here in Pittsburgh, it's been cold and warm and cold. Came in here. There are a lot of snowflakes. I hate San Diego. San Diego has perfect climate. It has incredible beers. And, oh, my God, San Diego, why do you do this to me? Make me wish I was there. What can I say? I think you know what my number one beer tonight is. I think I do know what your number one beer is. I'm going to mess you up, man. Oh, really? I'm
1: going to put the pre-show beer in because it was so worthy. Yes. You want to go first or you want me to go first?
0: Uh, You go first. I I went first last time.
1: Okay, so my number one beer, leave it or not, is going to be the St. Arnold's. That maltiness, that English IPA, but with American kick to it. I really liked that. I thought it was a very good beer and a a very tight show. Number two, I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to put the pre-show beer, the Lazy Magnolia. It's a great beer. It was a good, um, you know, nut brown ale. Enjoyable. It's not going to compare in this lineup if you don't have it first
0: yes you if you have it after all these beers it will just be like it'll be lost it'll, it'll be, be like you're drinking carbonated water you
1: yeah, you, <laughs> you, you need to favorite. drink this beer with like beers or by itself or first and even drinking it first like we did you know it, it's hard not to lose the goodness of this session beer yeah amongst all these other crazy beers Number three, I'm gonna put the ballast point, the beer we just drank, because it was approaching the category, the golden category. <laughs> just say it. Man candy. Almost man candy. Abita Giacomo IPA will be number four. I really liked it. It was a good, solid IPA, a little bit drier than the St. Arnold's. I'm gonna put the Yule Smith, head of the big IA IPA, out of the, the, big the two a double IPA. The big A IPA from Smarty Nose from L, the L Smith Yule Smith. Just edged it out. There was certain characters that I liked a little bit better where the the big A from Smedios was a bit more bitter. Um tonight there really wasn't a bad beer. Yeah. No, I agree. It's just, you know, all in the category of, you know, which ones I like the best. St. Arnold number one, Lazy Magnolia number two, Ballast Point number three, Abita number four, and then the Yolesmith and the Big A. They're double IPAs. You can find those, you know, in your double APA store, IPA store on the corner. You know, they're not that special in what they offer.
0: Frankly, this is a very tough show for me to rank. Uh, usually, it, it's pretty easy for me to rank things. This one is very, very hard because, like you said, there's no, there's not a bad beer in the bunch, and with this revelation that I had. It makes me look at a lot of these new beers in a different perspective.
1: The revelation is that you're taking malt into account of these very hoppy beers. And it changed how you perceive them now. Yes. And it might actually make you like some stone beers more than you had in the past. It
0: it might. It very well could. And I certainly want to try it. It's certainly something that we got. Maybe we would do a stone vertical or something. Uh, I think that my number one beer is going to still be the ballast point just because it has – it's so close to man con- candy without going over. <laughs> it's like Price is Right, right? <laughs> You're close enough without going over. Um, it, it's just – I think people should try it, and I really want people to, to seek it out. Uh, like you said, it is a limited release, and it may be very hard to find because of the hop shortage and all that That's
1: stuff. the Dorado Double IPA from Ballast Point.
0: Uh wow, the second beer, okay. Uh I'm going to go with the bia. I, I I think it was really really drinkable and that is a big big factor when I rate beers because I really enjoy a beer that you can just you can you really have no problem downing. It's not exactly going to, it's not going to maybe challenge you, but it is going to just be really just refreshing and, and, and flavorful and tasty. That it, it really hit home. It was very bright and, and flavorful like that. Okay. Yeah, I may have to agree with you and put the the, the Southern Pecan as, as the third beer just because, again, extremely drinkable, really nice and flavorful, really had a good A good punch to it while still being a sessional beer. Yeah, if we were doing like nut brown ales,
1: that thing might have taken the show. Yeah,
0: it really, very, very delicious. Uh, Good stuff. Um, You know, it's funny because I talk about how you know this changed my perception of beer, but my last three beers are all still in that (laughs) in that range, so they they still didn't win out. Mm -hmm. Uh, But how am I going to put these? Uh, I think that they're going to go like this. I think that the Yule Smith will be fourth. I I, I detected a bit of flavor that, I, like I said, I really wanted to bottle up in there, in that Yule Smith and that was is a very tasty beer. I wasn't quite sure how to had to think of it because I thought, wow, was that that spice was something I don't even know. Uh, then the Saint Arnold because. Well, maybe just because it wasn't quite as strong as the Big A, and hmm. so you could maybe drink a couple more of it if you wanted to, and the Big A was a little strong for me, but very good stuff. I guess that's how I'll go with my rankings.
1: I, I'm surprised that you put the Saint Arnold so low. I mean, because you know that was my top beer, and I just thought it was wonderful. It was. Uh, there were all great beers. I know. Well, that's a pretty good episode of Craft Beer Radio. I think it worked. Episode well. 108. What are the numbers again?
0: Four, eight, fifteen,
1: sixteen, twenty-three, forty-two. And some of our listeners know exactly what that means. The other ones like, what the hell are you talking about? We'll be back uh, next time with episode 109, because that comes after 108. Uh,
0: according to my calculator, that's exactly correct.
1: That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com. And feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information.